Albeit Johnny and Amun are both in, in diapers. So that problem is fairly similar. They are both incontinent cats. Um, I have become the master of tinkle and poo, which is not anything that I thought I would ever be proud to say, but... Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts, learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. If you're a long-time listener, you're probably aware that usually at the beginning of each podcast episode, we ask you to take a screenshot of your phone and share it to Instagram stories and tag us. You might wonder why we do that. It's actually so that we can help more people find out about the podcast and also find some more sponsors as well. And finding sponsors actually helps us continue this podcast for you. So we would really appreciate it if you could take a screenshot of your phone, upload it to your Instagram stories and tag us us at catexplorer.community and our amazing guest at Adventures in Diaperland. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by the new Wee Kitty Eco Plant Litter. The new Wee Kitty Eco Plant by Rufus & Coco is made from sustainable and naturally absorbent wheat and soy fibers. It's the natural litter for cats who care and the humans who love them. Reduce your carbon paw print and make the switch. Head to www.weekitty.com to find a store near you and for your chance to win a year's supply of kitty litter. I wasn't going to address what is going on in the world at the moment, as I know a lot of you will be listening weeks, months, potentially even years after we release this episode in March 2020, right when most of us are going through social distancing and quarantine due to COVID-19. But after editing our chat with Vanessa, I realized that this is the perfect episode to release this week. Not only do Vanessa's kitties highlight that you can do anything, no matter what's thrown at you, Vanessa also shares a great story about making the best of a situation, even if it isn't ideal. And that's all we can do right now. We're all facing a lot of uncertainty. Many of us don't know what will happen to our jobs. I don't even know what will happen to Cat Explorer when this is all over. But just like Vanessa, her partner Zach and her wonderful kitties, we can take a moment to look at what is available to us and make the most of it. And on that note, here's our chat with Vanessa. We often get asked, can cats with special needs go cat exploring? While the answer to this is dependent on the kitty and their personality, today's guest is a great example of kitties who don't let their special needs hold them back. Vanessa is mum to four kitties, two of whom have special needs. Get ready to be inspired by these kitties. Welcome to the podcast, Vanessa. It's great to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. So you have three amazing kitties. Can you start by telling us about them and how they came into your life? Of course. So we actually have four cats. Um, We have an old man, Hendrix, who, you know, doesn't really enjoy being outside, but that's okay. He's just a big giant fluff ball. And then our little movers and shakers are a moon. Um, we've got Johnny B, otherwise known as Johnny Beats, JJ, a million and a half nicknames, and our newest kitten is Axelrod. Awesome. Love their names. So how did they come into your life? That's, so I've had obviously Hendrix forever in a day. Um, Amun is our first special needs cat. Um, he, so kind of a crazy story, actually. We used to have, um, a big old loft that we rented out and there was a woman who was staying there and I had forgotten my cell phone charger at the time. So I ran back and she just had this look on her face. I was like, Sandra, what is the matter? 
she said, you know, my daughter adopted this kitten, a moon. Um, he has Manx syndrome. And I guess the, the story, the, the, you know, the story goes that one of the parents, so the boyfriend's mother saw the, saw Amun and was like, well, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to keep his, you know, how are you going to change his diapers for the remainder of his life? Will his, will he have like a great quality of life? Blah, blah, blah. So they ended up wanting to euthanize him. That was their choice. Um, and Sandra did not want that to happen. Um, so we ended up fostering Amun. Um, so he was scheduled to be euthanized and came into our lives. And needless to say, he was a full-blown foster fail because he is a ridiculous little man. Um, and so that's how we ended up with Amun. And I got, as far as Johnny goes, I got a panic phone call on my fiance Zach's birthday. And it was a rescue that I work with, Heidi's Kitty Haven. And she was in a panic because there was this amazing kitten who, um, eight weeks old, he was crushed in a door um, and was partially paralyzed and she couldn't express bladders. So she begged and pleaded until I finally agreed. And my fiance wanted to murder me, but um, so they brought him the two and a half hour drive to us. And then I had a little paralyzed kitten in my hands. Um, and then a moon fell in love with Johnny. And that's how we ended up with our two special needs cats. And Axe is just hilarious and ginger and, um, kind of just struck a chord with us the second we picked him up and we just made that spontaneous decision to adopt him into our family. Wow. So what's the dynamic like with the four kitties? Um, very hectic. So Hendrix is pushing 15 years old um, and Amun, Jay and Axe are all, well, two and under. So you can imagine it's a lot of, you know, high kitten energy. I say Amun is the boss. When he puts his little swampy toe down, then everybody listens. Um, Jay's the hall monitor, so he's kind of a bit of a nerd. He just kind of squeezes at everyone when they run too fast, and um, we we run past him and go yee all the time because that's what he <laughs> sounds like. And Axe is still a full blown kitten, so he's still insane, running around everywhere, and you know keeping the other two entertained and. Um, I think their overall dynamic is, is really quite loving and it's really sweet how they take care of each other. I think they each understand that they're all kind of different. Um, so watching them interact and like, you know, even acts as a kitten will run around Johnny knowing that Johnny scoots, so he's not quite as fast. Um, but Axe will come back and play with him in that one spot this way he, he can play and it's, it's really sweet watching them together. That's really such a lovely family. I mean, the fact that they interact together and get on so well and help each other, you know, yeah. that's what you would call family. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit about Amun and Johnny's special needs in terms of explaining what it is and how you treat them and the impact on Amun's life as well as Johnny's? Yeah, of course. So albeit Johnny and Amun are both in, in diapers. So that problem is fairly similar. They are both incontinent cats. Um, I have become the master of tinkle and poo, which is not anything that I thought I would ever be proud to say, but exactly that is, you know, that's a thing. That's my title. I wear that crown proudly. Um, but so Amun has mink syndrome and Amun is a, is a purebred minx. Um, but the problem is when there's overbreeding um, within the Manx world, uh, essentially a cat's tail is an elongation of their spine, right? So a Manx breed um, has a very short to little, like to no tail at all. Um, and so a moon just basically has a nub. And what happens is the shorter their spine gets, essentially, um, that's when their 
kind of market these these issues. So Amun has a bit of a hopping gait. He can walk. Um, he's not going to be, you know, a pro basketball player anytime soon. He's probably got like the the vertical leap of about two feet. Um, but he can get up on things. Um, and so he's got, you know, he's prone to UTIs. Um, he had a crazy surgery on one of our on one of our road trips, um, an emergency surgery in Huntsville, Alabama, which we could get to. Um, but other than that, um, he's usually he's fairly functional, like a normal cat would be. Johnny, on the other hand, when he was quite young, um, we don't know the entire story, but we kind of caught wind of it. He was dropped off at the SPCA in Montreal and had been crushed in a door when he was like weeks old. Um, and that resulted in, uh, him becoming paralyzed. So he had a spinal fracture, um, and ended up with those neurological issues. Um, so he does have feeling in his back feet, but he cannot get them underneath him. So they kind of just kind of kick out behind him, you could say. And then when he walks, he does scoops. So he drags his back end with him. Um, and it's been, you know, I think, I know you spoke of treatment, um, but in our lives, it's more prevention than anything. They can basically do almost anything. Um, so what we want to do is stop anything bad from happening. So we express their bladders, we keep them clean. This way they avoid the UTIs. And other than that, um, you know, you find a food that works for them. You keep them extraordinarily hydrated. Um, and we see very, very little issues with them. So it seems like the main thing that you pointed out was these diapers. Did you have to train them to wear it? And is it like when you put a harness on a cat and they sort of flop over the first time? Um, well, they did definitely do the flop when we first put the harness on them. Um, but I heard they took quite easily to wearing diapers. So the second um, Amun and Jay were large enough to be put in diapers, um, that's when they started wearing them. Um, and I think much like a harness, it's all about sizing. Um, you don't want anything dragging behind them, no flips, no flaps. Um, they need to be able to move without restriction, right? Um, so I think that was imperative for us. But I was shocked how easily they they took to them. And it makes them look adorable. Cat in a diaper, you can't go wrong. <laughs> oh, that's definitely right. And are they cat-specific diapers? They are not. No, we find actually you can buy cat specific diapers, um, but we actually use um, pampers and huggies. And so with Jay, we cut a tail hole. Um, he basically cut. It was it was a guess at first. Now we know exactly where to, to do the snip. Um, but you cut through the diaper and then to seal off all the little bits inside, you tape it up um, and slide it over his little booty. But we find that that works. There's some great companies, actually. Um, Barker Time, uh, a U.S. company that makes cat and dog diapers. Um, so if you need, I mean, or if you have the ability to wash your diapers, they do make the cloth diapers or they make the covers and it just keeps them on a little better. We look out with our dudes, though. They can, they're pretty free with their diapers and diapers alone and works out pretty well. But yeah, human diapers. So then apart from the diapers, have you had to set up your house in any other different ways to accommodate Amun and Johnny? I think that's a common misconception in regards to whether you have a cat with Manx syndrome um, or a paralyzed cat that you need to alter your life somehow so dramatically that it becomes a burden. Um, I can honestly say moving from a three-bedroom house, we had a loft that was all on one level then we moved into a bus, so 86 square feet. Um, and now we live in a cabin, and we have not altered anything. 
Um, you have to be mindful of stairs. I think mindful is more the word that you want to focus on. So when you have a paralyzed cat, sometimes their back end drops off of things. So I mean, it blockade off the staircase. That's about all we really had to do, especially in the cabin. Other than that, I mean, they climbed the couch. Um, Amun kind of has that little leap to him, so he gets around quite easily. Um, and whenever Jay wants to go, you know, onto something higher than he can, than he can scoot onto, he definitely tells us he's quite vocal. And then we airlift him to wherever he needs to go. So the house itself is never really, uh, is never really too much that you have to worry about. I find it so interesting that you say that, um, it's more mindful than rather than doing something differently because um earlier in season five of the podcast we spoke to Julia who's mom to Nina who's blind and that's pretty much what she said as well was she was like she didn't have to um put anything on the corners of things and stuff all she really had to be mindful was that Nina can jump so she just needs to make sure that it's safe for her to jump so a lot of us seem to think that if we're going to look after a special needs cat we need to change our lives completely but there are ways to just be mindful of it really which is absolutely yeah, that's so interesting. Well, every day they surprised me with things. I mean, we thought moving into the bus with Jay was going to be a thing. Um, but his favorite spot was the top of um, the driver's seat of the bus. He would just claw his way to the top. They will let their back legs dangle if they have to, but they're such resilient little creatures. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why people are a little intimidated um, in regards to adopting special needs cats. They think that they're going to struggle through life. And they really don't. They, you know, whether they scream at you when they can't do something and they um, ask you to do it for them or they just figure it out themselves. Like, you know, I've seen blind cats and the fact that they can navigate houses and, and play with toys. And I mean, you have to imagine too, cats have, I mean, their senses are so much more amazing than ours, right? So... They really do adapt quite nicely. And, and it's really, I can honestly say it's been one of the most brilliant things to watch. Um, the two getting around and figuring out exactly how they could get to things that you would seemingly assume impossible for them. But they, they're troublemakers. They work it out. That's a big testament to the, t- the three of, well, the four of them in terms of the way they work as a family and especially the two, Amun and John, in that, like you said, they have a full life and you can see that on your social media um, channels and the fact that you do some cat exploring, which is what I wanted to get into, that it shows that, you know, there's nothing stopping them. So can you tell us a little bit about your cats and how they go cat exploring? Is it all four of them or just some of them? Well... My old man, Hendrix, is, he's, like I think I had said, he sleeps 23 and a half hours of the day. He has zero desire to go outside. Um, And, I mean, we never really pushed him. I tried him on the harness once or twice back when he was younger, and he didn't really take to it. He's a little bit more of an anxious animal, and I think one of the great things about cat exploring is, you you know, you really get so much more in tune with your pet. Um, And, you know what, it's not for every animal. Now, the flip side is, our other three. Um, so Amun is probably the best in regards to the outdoor activities. So um, Amun actually, when we hike, he hikes off leash. He follows us. He follows verbal commands quite easily. Um, he is trained that when he wants to go outside, um, we will tap our shoulder and he will leap onto our shoulder as opposed to just run out the door. Um, he is a brilliant animal. He is 
by far, I think that cat is smarter than me, to be honest. Um, and then in regards to Jay, um, Jay scoots, right? So it's a little bit more difficult to take him out. Um, but we take him out in a backpack. Um, so when we're in one spot, whether we're camping or anything, he's on the harness, he's outdoors with a moon. Um, much like you would tie your dog out, um, they chill right beside us. And Jay's got his own little bed because he's our little prince. Um, but when we go hiking, he wants to come. So we put him in the backpack and, you know, he gets all the, the sights, the smells. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just got to be the legs for your little one. But who, who else is there? Oh, Axe. Oh, my goodness. Well, Axe is a baby. My Axe is a kitten. So we've tried um, super, super early. Probably within the first week we got him um, to start wearing the, the harness just indoors um and now since it's winter in canada we take him out for a little 20 minute stints before he gets cold um and i think he is going to pair so phenomenally well with a moon because he is afraid of nothing and i mean that might be the kitten in him but working with him from such a young age we'd like to instill that in him as well like to just allow that to to keep blossoming but he doesn't necessarily need to be afraid of you know the the birds in the trees or the wind in the grass or it's not something to be scared of but it's something that he can have fun with wow that's amazing so can you talk me through how the logistics work with taking three cats out cat exploring is it do you go by yourself do you take someone else with you like because with us one cat one human is probably the best scenario and one cat sorry two cats one human gets a little challenging and sometimes overwhelming so i want to sort of understand how it works for you yeah, I completely. So I think we follow that rule too. Um, I'll take a moon out and Zach will take a moon out or, you know, one of us will take Jay. Um, we do like our little individual, you know, mommy and me hikes. Um, but when we're out together, generally Jay's in the backpack. So it's a little bit easier um, because he's, he's not running away anytime soon. Um, and like I said, a moon follows um, verbal commands quite nicely. I think it's going to be a different dynamic when we end up having all three of them out. Um, but with Jay in the backpack, at least we're not kind of, you know, when they say you're, you're hurting cats, we only have two to worry about <laughs> that are necessarily, that are running around actively. So I'm hoping that we can get Axie to follow um, the verbal commands as well as Amun does. Um, and you know what? We, if we have to take an extra hike a day just to make sure all three of them get out, I think we're, uh, we're going to be all right doing that too. So you talked about training them, and I want to dig into this a little bit. So one of the things you first talked about was the shoulder tap with Amun, as well as the yeah. verbal commands. How did you train Amun to, you know, to do all that? It's I think it's persistence with them. Um, I find with any sort of intelligent cat, um, the stubbornness gets in the way a lot. Um, so I think because we care for them to such an extent in regards to the, the diapers, they, they look to us for help, right? Like a mother cat cleans its kittens. And like, this is almost an elongated portion of them being a kitten because we take care of them to, I mean, it, just using the, the washer. They know that we're helping them. That's another thing with special needs cats. They know, they with their heart, their body, they show it. They know that you are helping them live a happy life. And so in regards to a moon, he pushes his luck constantly, um, but we don't mind me. We say crazy things to them, like instead of outside, we have to do what well, I do. Zach's a little bit better at not doing this, uh, my fiance, but I say outside instead of outside. So we started asking Amun, saying, do you want to go outside? And then we'd pick him up and bring him outside. 
So he, at that point, started to associate Otai with going outside. So whether we be just going outside to, you know, have like a barbecue or going hiking, Otai, he would be zoned in on us. We're going outside, mom. Cool. I'm hyped. And then we started implementing when we'd stand outside of the bus and tap him on the nose. Not obviously anything rough, rough, but just getting his attention. No, you, you cannot pass me. So we would kind of body blockade him. And then we would tap our shoulders, which he does just kind of naturally. Cats want to be on the higher portion of everything and anything when they feel safe. So we started tapping our shoulder. And then what we realized is just after a few moments, after like maybe a couple times, he realized, okay, Otai relates to the shoulder. And then we end up going and doing something fun. So it probably took him about a month to master the entire thing. And he has not had one. I'm going to try and find something. Knock on wood. He has not had one issue um, running out of the bus or running out of the cabin. Um, and we started working on that with Axe as well. And he's taking to it just as easily. So it's, it's persistence with them and getting past that, that little stubborn streak that when you say don't do something, they're like, <laughs> I am cat, hear me roar. But <laughs> you face constantly with cats. We all know this. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. But I like what you said about the verbal command because... We've got a similar thing with Lumos, our, um, our cat, where if we say outside in a sing-song voice, he gets really amped up and excited because he knows he's going outside and yeah. you know, he, re- he really loves it. So that's our verbal cue to sort of get him really hyped up to and tell him that it's okay to go out there and then he gets really excited about it. Yeah, they definitely take their cues from you and especially when like you end up being the protector of them, right? As much as cats like to think that... that they're like the BLM doll, which well, what they are. Um, you protect them, and they they know, and that translates, right? So, I mean, especially with in in regards to going outside, you don't ever want to put your your pets in danger. So, having them kind of locked in on you, and that one, those phrases that you you only really think work with dogs, they definitely work with cats too. I mean, Amun even knows what snacks are. They all know, like when it's time to have dinner, they have snacks. It's snack time. Um, so they've got a lot of those things, and and um. It's it's cool adding to their vocabulary, I'd say. You don't ever want to, like, forget about one for too long because um, then they get, you know, stuck on something else. Um, what helps is Zach has the, what I refer to as the daddy voice. So <laughs> they, listen, they listen to Zach way more than they listen to me. So especially when we're training that, like, that deep, like, you know, hi. I'm your dad. You're going to listen to me. And they're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, dad. Cool. Yeah. Otai. Snacks. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So how did you train, um, harness train Amun and Johnny? And did you have to do anything differently because of their special needs? Um, I think that really back to the diapers. Um, and I touched on that briefly um, with sizing. So Amun is a bit of a, he's, he's a chubbier guy. Uh, so it was a little bit more difficult for him to find something that fit around because he's kind of got a curvier body. So what we found works best um, is the harness that basically tightens when he pulls on the top. Um, so that worked best for Amun. He was a little bit more difficult because the way he scoots, he pushes his front paws back onto his chest so he's quite tight in that area where the harness would be basically in his little cat armpit uh so what worked with jay was finding a thinner harness 
So I think if you put this big bulky thing on a cat who's never had a harness on before, then you're almost asking for the flump. So the second they feel like they're tied down, um, then I mean, you're kind of, you're losing their attention. They're now more focused on the fact that they are even, like it feels to them maybe like they're being held or they're being held back. So keeping things a little bit thinner and a little bit smaller and working with your, the natural curve of your cat's body, um, which is a little less of a hassle when you have a Norton, but our crazy kids just paying attention to, you know, where their, where their little limbs land, that helped us a lot. And then I think they both took to it within days of us having Axe's, Axe is still not a huge fan of the harness, but, but we distract him. So he deals with it. And he's still quite young, so he will get used to it. Um, What people may not be aware is, and Wooden also goes swimming. So how did you train him to swim? And I have to ask, does he wear a diaper while he's swimming as well? He does wear the diaper while he swims. Um, With the moon and part of his um, having, you know, Manx syndrome and and spina bifida, the, I hate to say this, you know, but poops fall out of him. Um, so to keep everybody in the water around him clean, he keeps the diaper on to keep everything locked in if it should happen. Um, so he does swim with the diaper. I find it keeps him mildly more buoyant in the back end. Um, and how we got him into, into swimming, I think it was more of a nervousness on my end. Um, so we kayak, uh, when we go camping, we'll take out the kayaks and we never like leaving a moon behind, especially because a moon comes you know, hiking with us. He's very much with us all of the time. Um, so my worry was that when he was out on the kayak, even if he has, they both, they all have life jackets to be fair. Uh, but I wanted to know, I was like, how would he, he's been having baths since he was little. So I was curious to see how he would respond to the water. And let me tell you, freeze dried shrimps can get your cat to do anything. (laughs) Um, so we would walk him out into the water just to chase a shrimp. And it was second nature to him. He would just follow that shrimp wherever it went. And it's not to say that a moon is, you know, the ultimate swimmer cat, but he most definitely will swim out to you for a chew room. So now that I know at that point when I was content with knowing that, you know, while we were on the kayaks, that he would be safe. If something happened, we flipped a moon would just swim. So it was good to go. It was a safety thing. And now when we're at the beach, Amun just kind of wanders into the water by himself. Jay's another story. Jay does not like the water and will scrim bloody murder. But it's, you know, it's each cat, right? You can't necessarily push them to do things that they don't want to do. And part of having fun with them out in the wilderness or, you know, whether you're taking them just out in your car, part of the fun is knowing that your cat is having fun too. So knowing your cat and not pushing them to do anything that they don't want to do is pretty great. That's exactly right. And the fact that Amun does go swimming is awesome and special and it's rare to see and I love everything about it. And the fact that, you know, Johnny doesn't want to go swimming, that's just perfectly fine. And that's like our two cats. They like the beach. They like digging at the beach, but they don't like the water. They don't don't like the waves. And so what we have to do to compromise and make it work is we actually end up on the high side of the beach where near the sand dunes and so forth so that they're far enough away from the waves so that they can still dig, but enjoy their their sand but not be bothered by the water right 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 and something about especially since we've got the two special needs cats keeping their lives fulfilling and you know realizing that the very few limitations they have 
their lives can be so much happier in other areas. Um, and it should be the same with even a cat with no special needs. Um, maybe even a shy cat that likes to sit out in the backyard where he can follow the butterflies and not hear, you know, waves uh, from water being on the beach or anything. That makes them other. They're, the cats are such naturally wild little beasts, right? Um, and to see them kind of out in the in the wild, we'll say, even if they're in, they're in the grass, um, their natural instincts kind of pop out, and it makes it so great to watch. And you see them at their most, like I would say, pure and natural state because that's where they came from. So you're little lions when you take them outside. So talking about adventures outside and going and doing all these really cool things you mentioned before about the bus can you tell us about the bus and what it looks like and what's in it how you go on ventures with the bus yeah of course so we actually lived in our bus for the entire summer um we were doing so our family is actually really involved in community um and we were doing disaster relief there was um a significant amount of flooding within the ottawa area and we were doing six weeks of disaster relief um, you know, wearing the waiters and feeding volunteers and we were, we were right into it. Um, but what had happened out of that was we were buying a house, we were moving, um, and you know, sometimes things just don't work out. And so we had gotten rid of our home. We got rid of our loft, our business's garage, and you know, we got a phone call and then we had no house. Well, we, uh, are either going to find a rental real quick. Or, you know, at that point, I didn't know, I didn't know what we were going to do. I was like, we've got a family of a billion pets and no home. And I kind of glanced outside and we had the bus for probably about six months because, you know, schooly life and that stuff had been something that I wanted to do forever. And I looked at Zach and I said, you know, we've taken trips. We've taken a moon out. We had driven across the entire United States with a moon. Um, What would happen if we moved into the bus? And Zach was like, well, I think that would be one hell of a great summer. And so I said, you know what, saddle up, let's do this. And so we moved into our bus that it's, it's a shuttle bus. It's this Beacon Baptist church all over it. No, we are not with the church at all. I just thought it was an obnoxious thing. So we bought the bus um, for fairly inexpensive. And then we drove it at that point to my parents' place. And we built the entirety of the bus out ourselves, um, keeping in mind the cats. So nothing was too high that Johnny couldn't climb. But other than that, uh, much like just living in, in a home, you don't have to do that much to accommodate them. And so it's 86 square feet and has everything a home would have except for a shower. And uh, it was one heck of an adventure. It was pretty crazy and the cats loved it. I just love that you were faced with this situation where you suddenly didn't have a place to live and you kind of just looked at what you had available to you and just came up with this great idea and just went for it. Like, And look at how well it worked out. It's pretty awesome. You mentioned that you've converted the bus, like you built it so that it was cat friendly. What Did you put anything in there in particular to make it cat friendly? So like whereabouts did you put things like the kitty litter trays or places for the kitties to sleep and stuff like that? So we have in the very back end of our bus, um, we've got a huge storage area that we actually built. Um, so we're building essentially our own, it's our own area for the crate. In the back, it's a quiet, the quieter area of the bus so when we travel. Um, they can be comfortable in their crate. Um, I know you said litter, but Amun and Jay oh, yeah. don't have a litter box. Um, yeah. So that was pretty easy to travel with since we just have to pack a bunch of diapers and, you know, butt creams and we're good to go. 
uh, in regards to Axe now, um, because Axe is going to end up coming in the bus with us again come springtime. We live in Canada, so it's quite cold right now, so we're in a cabin. But there is an area just off where we built, because in my head, I never stop getting animals. That's just a thing. I've been that way since I was little. Um, so there is an area in the back of the bus for litter. Another thing that we were mindful of was having high and low areas. So living in 86 square feet tends to, I mean, I didn't kill my husband, so <laughs> I don't think the cats would have killed each other at the end of the day. Uh, we did want, though, high and low places. So cats naturally love to gravitate to the higher areas. And Jay scooting, we gave Jay his own little cubby. And we made sure that a moon had plenty of high places to go. So if for some reason they bugged each other, they had ample room in the 86 square feet. And I mean, they're only 10 pounds each, but they had ample room to find their own little, little safe space. And I think that made everything that much easier. So when they got into a little tiff or if, you know, Jay was bugging a moon and a moon wanted to sleep, he just went into his higher space and he was safe up there and they could stay away from each other. And it was their own little, little safe space. So you mentioned about the territorial issues sometimes with the cats. Did they have any adjusting that they had to do, or was it sort of pretty comfortable from the outset? It was comfortable right off the bat. We had bought the bus before we got a moon, um, and then we took him on our trip. So that was the cross-country trip, and he loved every second. There's not anything that a moon is, is scared of. So when even when we were camping, so when we got a moon, we would take him camping um, and the trailers, you know, coming in and out of the campgrounds would drive past and we just stood next to a moon and we're like, you know, you don't need to be afraid of this. And he would look at daddy because, you know, mommy sucks. Daddy's everything. And <laughs> Zach would say, Munz, you're good. You're okay. And he, and he took that all in and was like, okay, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. And so now you could, <laughs> probably one of the funnier things is Zach and I, um, we were taking our skydiving course, and so we ended up camping right to the side of, you know, our where the planes take off. And a moon just sat in our camper at that time, just watching planes take off within, you know, meters from him. And that's kind of a testament as to how he is not scared of anything. So he took to the bus quite easily. And we thought it would be a little bit more of a challenge with Jay. Uh, so how we introduced them to that would be especially the loud sounds now if anyone is ever considering you know, the van life or the schooly life option and you have pets just try taking them out in the car it's that it's that safety element right imagine being 10 pounds and having all these big crazy sounds or the motion of the car moving the shaking of everything so i would suggest every you know every day every week every so just get them get them used to being in a vehicle um Another thing I like to tell people too is is it regards to like crates. If you're gonna travel with them, always leave your crate out. Now you don't necessarily have to have the door on, but we love to leave them just tucked in the corner with a blanket. And our cats just sleep in in their crates, so they're not afraid of it. And that I think would help with not necessarily you know even exploring cats, but if you're taking your animal to the vet, leave the crate out. The vet the sorry, leave the crate out if you're going to the vet. Because then the crate becomes less of a scary place. They don't associate the crate with going somewhere bad. They can associate the crate with going somewhere good. Yeah, definitely. In that, you know, just getting them used to it and getting them familiar and comfortable with it really helps that learning process for them. 
Now, you talked about traveling on the bus. Can you talk to us about some of the places you, that, you were, that you've been and some of the places you're thinking about going in the future? Yeah, we, so I moved into many, many different states in the U.S. Uh, we drove all the way down, live in Canada, we drove all the way down to Louisiana, um, and we did not make it a fast trip. We stopped everywhere that we could be. And we, sorry about that. Um, we stopped everywhere that we could possibly stop. Let a moon, you know, sniff everything and anything. We took the bus camping quite often. We would take it to our drop zone. Um, and then, so our bus right now is parked outside of our cabin that we live in. Because again, Canadian winter is cold. All that jazz. You can freeze your face off here right now. Like minus 20. Um, but there isn't a day that I don't walk past the bus and know that we need to get back into it. I would have lived in that bus for the entire year if I had to, I wasn't ready to leave. Uh, so we've been talking about what we're going to do in the spring. Um, and I guess you guys will just have to keep following us on, on Instagram. Cause we've got a couple of really cool adventures that are, uh, that are coming up. We're going to put that bus to good use this summer. I'll tell you that. for free. That's so awesome. One thing that stands out to me is that fact that you've actually traveled very long distances. Um, I suppose the US and Canada is a bit different to Australia where some of those areas probably aren't remote as the outback here. But how do you um, make sure that you're stuck, stocked up on all the gear that you need for all the kiddies? Like, I am, um, like, for example, their food or I suppose diapers is a bit easier because you can get that in a um normal human store but what about the other things for the kitties they're they're pretty low maintenance actually so the one thing with jay and amun they're on a very specific diet um they're high protein uh grain free we just have we think it helps them warm their poos basically that's the that's the gist of it so there was a bit of a trial and error in that respect so we definitely choose to not stray far from their specific brand of food and what works for them so one thing that is imperative is having an abundance of that food you can't really with these cats you can't really just stop the you know the walmart the local grocery store and grab a couple cans of food we have to be quite specific in that respect um another thing is water so one thing that happened to us on our way back from louisiana and being first time special needs cat cat owners um, you learn as you go and some things are more difficult to learn than others. Um, we didn't realize how much, and each cat is different, but we didn't realize how much the water pH level would impact a moon having, you know, being prone to UTIs, urinary tract infections and such. And he ended up with UTI, um, and crystals and ended up with a blockage in Huntsville, Alabama. And we had to rush him into have an emergency surgery there. So there was just one day that I couldn't express him. And we sat with a specialist in Huntsville, Alabama. They are amazing. Um, and a lot of vets look at Amun and Jay like they have eight heads. Because they're just not used to seeing animals like this flourish. Um, so when those specific vets took us in and were like, you know, your cats are awesome. Like, this is what you need to do. This is... The surgery that needs to happen um we obviously went for it because our cats are our kids and you do anything and everything you can for them and so moon had his surgery so one thing we learned from that is that they need the same water over and over again so we travel with bottled water for them um and hydration is is clutch a lot of times when you're on the long distance hauls 
your cats don't want to drink because they're defiant little jerks. Um, having them stay hydrated is so important. So tricks that we use would be um, maybe a little dash of tuna water. So you just crack a can of tuna. I would not suggest giving them much of it, obviously. It's all within moderation, but you can put in a couple drops of that and cats absolutely love it. They will chug it. It doesn't matter if they're in the middle of a tornado. These cats will drink. Uh, another thing you could do is mix a little bit of churu. So like the they're, they're like go-gurts for cats. So they're meat tubes, basically. Stir that into some water and give it a little bit of some flavor and they tend to drink it quite to always have water on the long hauls is a is a smart thing. Um, I think that's really probably one of the only things that that we focused on when we jumped into the vehicle with a moon because I mean they have their schedules and and as long as we follow that we're usually pretty pretty good to go with them and lots of diapers right all the diapers. Yeah. I just love that and I love that um I'm a particular fan of the treat in the water as well so um just a handy tip for everyone when you mix the water don't drop it on yourself it's really hard to get out I've got a few clothes that have now have cat treat stains all over them because I did that so just a tip for everyone (laughs) yeah I had a couple days ago Axe was I was giving the three cats one churu and Axe decided to slap the churu and it flung across my entire face so I had I had salmon wish across my face it was disgusting delicious <laughs> so Vanessa we really appreciate you taking the time today and we're coming up towards the end of the um, podcast where we ask each of our guests the same four questions so what is one piece of advice you would give to new cat explorers Ooh, think like the cat Keep in mind that they are tiny little monsters and as tough as they are, they are little guys. So honestly, get down into the grass. Think about what sounds seem louder from down there. Think about how big the trees are. Think about um, that crash that you would never imagine when you're little. It translates very different to them. So try to get into the mindset of the cat um, and don't push. Let them go at their own pace. It's for some cats and it's not for some cats, but it's for most cats. That's great advice. And what's been the most entertaining comment that someone said to you while you've been out and about with the cats? Most entertaining comment was probably, is that a monkey? Because <laughs> 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 the moon kind of hops and having the no tail, he resembles a monkey. <laughs> so we were on a hike and some woman like dead stared at me and was like, is that a monkey? I was like, that's a cat, <laughs> ma'am, that's a cat. Is that a diaper a lot? But I think is that a monkey kind of sent me sent me into some laughter. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I can kind of see it with the diaper as well. Like if you're not looking very closely, I can kind of see it, but it is pretty yeah, funny. Bottom, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what cat explorers inspire you? Well, maybe not to the, you know, the exploring of a moon but Rocky on wheels and his mother Dawn have helped us through so much and he actually gets out of the house quite often and so he's an explorer in his own right um, but they've got a ridiculous story and what's great about Rocky on wheels is they will help anybody who asks Dawn is so involved in the special needs cat community and is is such a teacher and is just such a kind heart and is absolutely hilarious I adore them 
Um, and then there is, <laughs> so their Instagram is Willowong Ranch. And it is a couple who, we just recently chatted about this, but they live in a bus. So they have a schoolie and she had forever wanted a special needs cat and saw a moon living in a bus. And they decided to take the leap and they adopted their own um, special needs cat with uh, with some noodles. So he drags his back in like Jay and I mean, they are just loving life and they are his, he's their child now and it's really, really great. And they speak volumes of traveling with cats. And I mean, if we could do it, they can do it. So many more people could. What a great story. So last question, what product service or program has been a game changer for your cats? Well, obviously you guys. Um, that is, <laughs> we love you guys. Um, that and a cat backpack. So, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, Axie is a normie. Um, Amun is hugely mobile, um, has his, you know, has his little quirks, but he can run and jump and play. And Jay being partially paralyzed, um, the fact that we have a cat backpack and can allow him to experience the amazing things that, you know, his, his brothers do and his, you know, mom and dad. Uh, I love that. And I love watching his little nose sniff the trees and, and he gets really into it. And it just, I think it really enriches his life. And much like I said, you know, cats are wild little beasts. And if we can take them home back to the wild, we'll do it in any way we can. So that makes me smile so much. So Vanessa, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. We're really inspired. Where can we find you and your kitties online? So Amun is Adventures in Diaperland on Instagram and Johnny is Johnny Bravo Cat. Axie shows up on both of them. So does Hen. And we'll put those links and any other links from today's episode in the show notes available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Did you know that Cat Explorer has some special merchandise? There are super soft t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs and more. We use the proceeds from these to continue to create free resources to help you. So it would mean the world to us if you could pop by on our online store to help continue our community. You can support Cat Explorer by checking it out at catexplorer.co forward slash shop. Thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world. <laughs>